Welcome to episode 83 of the Clarity Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly, and I will be your host. And today, I'm going to look my two-star review straight in the eye. Clarity can only really exist in the light of truth. Branding just isn't a tactic. It's a lifestyle change. The moment of clarity this week is you don't need a new thing. New doesn't fix anything. And I think we always look for new relationships or new jobs or new scenarios because we feel like the problems in our life are because we don't have the new thing, we have the current thing. But the truth is the current thing is probably good enough. Typically the pursuit and always needing something new has to do with something inside that isn't right and isn't settled. So instead of finding the new thing this week, I want you to take a look inside and think, maybe the new thing isn't gonna fix it. I'm so excited for what he's gonna show me. Hurry up and show me Paul's pick. My pick for the week is the opposite of a curing pot and it's percolated coffee. My wife and I broke out the percolator this week and I know people say it's bitter and it doesn't taste good, but guess what? Waiting for it, hearing that thing perking and waiting 20 minutes to make it, smelling it in the air while we're doing it, it actually just makes the coffee taste better because the experience is better. I posted it on my Instagram account and I had more DM responses to that post about people saying they love percolator coffee and they were so glad to see me using it that I had to make it my pick for this week. So my pick, percolated coffee, get yourself a percolator and make yourself some percolated coffee. All right, I'm not even gonna dance around this because it doesn't need to be danced around. Criticism and feedback are just a part of life. I mean, there's not one person listening to this or watching this that has never been criticized or has never received feedback. It just is a part of all of our lives, especially if we want to do anything that is outward, that anything that isn't just sitting in the corner and coloring and filling in the dots. But the way it's absorbed and the way it's responded to really defines our level of maturity. It defines our level of security. It highlights, um, I think, is a great indicator how you respond to feedback and criticism is a good indicator of your actual growth potential because if you can't take criticism or feedback well, you kind of get stuck. I mean, we see this all th- across the spectrum. I mean, you see this from kindergartners and younger, right? But obviously we expect them to act like kindergartners. But the problem is when you see like pro athletes acting like kindergartners, and we've seen it where guys have thrown such tantrums and have been so me-centered and can't handle criticism and feedback, like so much so that they lose their jobs, like making millions of dollars as athletes. So I think it's a great indicator of potential and growth potential. You know, so I'm going to start this. I'm going to ask this at the end of the podcast again, but I want to start today by saying like, how do you handle criticism and feedback? Think about it. Is it just a naturally good response? Is it tough? Does it hurt? Does it sting? We're going to talk about this because today I got a two-star review on my book, which frankly is my book, but really it's me. I wrote the book. I The book is my voice, my life. So I got some criticism today. My book got some criticism today. And my first response to the book, criticism, I read it, I'm going to read it to you, was like, 
Okay. That's good. I'm, that's good. And let me explain because I'll, I'll read it first. Okay. So today I got a two-star review from Amy. Amy, I don't know who you are. You look like a shadowy figure um, on the Amazon uh, thumbnail picture, but that's okay. So Amy gave it a two-star review and the review says... I appreciate Paul's passion, but it definitely wasn't a how-to book. This was, to me, an easier said than done scenario of philosophy. Speakers will always lose me when they try comparing our small businesses to Amazon or Apple and ask why we can't be more like them. Completely unfair comparison. Those are extremely unique, one in a million, multi-billion dollar companies that are global, have no franchisees, and are in complete control of their product with no departures from that in their company-owned stores. Not to mention, they want to take over the world and control all retail. To compare to limited time and budgets of a small business person is not credible, in my opinion, especially when we have literally hundreds of competitors with the exact same products offered in a cutthroat, high-expense environment. A better buy-in is to show me specific examples of people in my business and what they have done, a step-by-step implementation strategy. Paul does a great job of marketing and hyping the product. I think he's a fascinating guy. Thank you. I don't know if that's good or bad, though. Okay, ideally, some great ideas and practicality, a little tougher to pull off with limited budgets, limited time, and limited workforce. Certainly, a hybrid approach approach could be possible. That's Amy, two-star review of my book on Amazon. And I just want to start by saying, Amy, thank you. I really mean it. Thank you. I'm not saying that because I want to like take the higher road or anything like that. Amy bought the book. Amy read the book. Amy wrote a thoughtful paragraph, two paragraphs of review. And I am very grateful for that because Amy has some valid points. And, you know, I guess I would like to say, I would like to clarify a couple of things, but Amy's perspective is really, first of all, it's valid because she's obviously in business And she obviously read the book trying to improve her business. And this feedback or this criticism is her perspective on what's going on. So it helps me gain perspective on what readers and potential readers are facing and thinking the roadblocks that come up and the challenge that they face and how you view these examples. Like we hear them all the time, granted, of Nike and Amazon, but this is valuable. And I would like to talk about um, a couple things in, in the book when it comes to branding and brand connection. And first, and then I want to kind of get back to the taking criticism and responding to it and feedback in that. So we're going to do the, those two things quick. So basically, step one, what I, what I said in the book, you know, the book was never uh, really intended, Amy, the book was never really intended to be a how-to book. Actually, it never was intended to be a how-to book. It's more um, beliefs and observations. So like the philosophical approach to branding and retailing and the challenges specifically in automotive, um, it wasn't intended to be a how-to book. That's why there's not much of that in there. And regardless, I still believe that everyone, and I wanted to write a book that Everyone in every business, whether you're an auto dealership or a major brand or just a personal brand starting a podcast, the thesis of this is brand connection. And brand connection doesn't cost money. 
to start implementing or it doesn't cost money to make the center point of your marketing or the center point of your operational structure. And I just want to read a little excerpt here from the introduction. For many dealers, the internet is eating both your lunch and your dinner. That's not a problem. It's just a symptom. The reality is we live in a connection economy and technology has enabled a level of connection never before experienced in history. It's a pervasive connection, sometimes even intrusive, but make no mistake, connection is the currency of business. And here's the part that is important and I think relevant to this conversation. If you only take away one thing from this book, I want it to be this. You must connect with people. And when I say connect, I'm talking about a much more holistic definition than typically adopted by the automotive industry. Our value as companies, leaders, employers, and retailers is in, is defined by our ability to connect. So the book talks about connection at the center of your employment experience, at the center of your retail experience, at the center of your product presentation, your marketing, holistic approach to retail, premise and thesis being human connection, not B to C, not B to B, but B to H, business to human. It goes both ways, internally and externally, coming together. So that is really the premise of the book. And again, if you've read this book or if you're going to read it, please go on Amazon and, and write a review. I'd really appreciate to hear your feedback. Um, the two-star review that I got is so valuable. This helps inform me so much into the minds of why people are thinking tripped up. So guess what? I understand Amazon, Nike, these big companies, it seems like they're way out there and they're unattainable. But the principles and the premises of why they connect and how they connect has nothing to do with budget, has nothing to do with the type of cameras they use to shoot or the fact that they're releasing you know, an iPhone. It has nothing to do with that. The principle of connection can be executed down to the very smallest mom and pop diner in your town. So there's a way that you can take criticism and take feedback that does define and define you as a person, it is an indicator on your level of maturity, your level of growth. A couple weeks back, or maybe more than a couple, back on episode 76, I got to sit down with Dr. Nicole Lipkin, who's a, um, a therapist and an organizational psychologist. I don't know if she's an organizational psychologist. She helps people figure things out. Um, she's got an MBA. She works with a lot of businesses and actually has owned a practice for a long time, so has practice at like the very like interpersonal one-on-one -on -one level. And we talked about a concept of mental agility and not this mental agility where it's like, hey, I can think of that and then I can think of this and then I can twist here. No, but mental agility, we defined it basically as the ability to objectively listen to opposing um, philosophies, opposing trains of thought and not let your emotions overrun that opposing thought because you disagree with it, but being open to absorbing the information empathizing and understanding why they feel that way, and then taking the useful parts and using that to inform your own opinion and your own decision. So talking about feedback, talking about criticism, let's get a little bit more personal right now. So think about what your initial response to criticism is. And I know it's gonna be different in different areas, but think about what the initial response is. And the next thing I want you to think about is that who in your life or which channel when feedback comes in or criticism comes in from that person or that channel, what is the one that impacts you the most, that cuts you right to the core, that gets you defensive or riles you up? What is, what is that? The next question is, why is that the most difficult? So where does the feedback and criticism hurt the most when it comes from? 
Which channel is that? Which person is that? Why is it the most difficult to handle that specific one? I think that'll be a good indicator for you of your values, of your identity. And then ask, am I listening to it? Is it worth listening to? And then am I really internalizing or am I spending all my time and mental energy fighting back? For me, it's my relationship with my wife. When she has some criticism or she has some feedback, it's not criticism typically, it's usually just feedback, but I just get a little defensive, sometimes a lot defensive. And I wanna justify my position so much that I don't listen to what she's actually saying. And I don't consider that she's actually trying to help and she's actually for me and not against me. And when I do slow down and when I do listen to that and consider that, man, a whole new world of opportunity opens up in front of me and I start to understand like, wow, I can be a really a better person and we can be happier and I can be more confident as a result. I hope that episode 83, I hope that talking about my two-star review today encourages you a little bit to kind of really evaluate how you take criticism and kind of listening to ways and how you can absorb it, how you can be agile enough to let it make you better. So that's it. 83. It was great because I didn't know what I was going to talk about today. Um, Sometimes I plan it in advance and I didn't. I didn't do that this week. And uh, so I I was this morning, I was thinking, what are we going to talk about this week on the podcast? Then the two-star review came in and I said, perfect. We're going to look this two-star review straight in the eye. So that's it for 83. Um, Just want to talk about for a second, uh, three quick things. So if you want to click the podcast off, do. But if not, I got some good stuff. So number one, if you're not part of the email list, go to brandbeatsthehacks.com. Dot com brandbeatsthehacks.com on Instagram. If you go to brandbeatsthehacks.com and give me your email address, I will send you a weekly email and we're going to start releasing more and more content in that email. So you have a little bit to scroll through. We have some commentary. We have some new things that we're doing. So brandbeatsthehacks.com. And of course, that list is always the first to know when new stuff's coming out and some surprise and delight stuff as well. Giving away some hats this week. Um, Aside from that, uh, it's conference season. I'm going to be traveling around. So if you're in any of these, I would love to meet up with you in person on, uh, let's see, what are the dates? Uh, Coming up September 18th, 19th, the Automotive News Retail Forum and the Hierology Human Resources event in Chicago. I'm going to be there. If you're going to be there, let's say hi. Um, In October, I'm going to be speaking at the Car Gurus Navigate event in Boston, October 22nd, 23rd. Super excited about that one. Um, Get to share a stage, not at the same time, but with uh, Damon John from Shark Tank and Guy Kawasaki. So hoping I can snag those guys and get them on the podcast. Um, In November, going to be at the Automotive Attribution and Analytics in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida on, I think it's the 18th through the 20th, not sure yet, but and some other stuff to come. So uh, appreciate having you here. As usual, send me some DMs. Uh, review the book on Amazon. Review the podcast. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast and you're really listening this far into the episode, um, I consider you a super fan. Aside from that, I hope you have a great week. I hope you take any criticism and feedback well, and I hope that it makes you better. Until then, pursue clarity. I'll see you next week. Yeah.